Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Over these last few Sundays, we've been journeying together about how, how can we take a next step with God. Is that okay? There's a few nods. Norton, are you, are you nodding or are you sleeping? You're, okay, you're nodding. Norton's nodding. Um, so what we're looking at, I've been looking at this last week, is how, how do you and I really meet with God in a way that God wants to meet with us? And it may be that you have a lifestyle where, you know, you're meeting with God, you know, in the Bible, you're meeting with God when you're praying, you're meeting with God, you know, maybe you've got a worship CD on or maybe whatever. But what we were looking at last week is that God wants to meet with you and me far more than we ever really want to meet with him. Uh, God doesn't get caught up in other things. He actually gets caught up with you. There's a whole of heaven, which is huge. There's a whole of the glory, which is the best part of God, if you like. There's a whole of that which could capture God's heart and attention. But we were looking last week that actually you are the focus of his attention. I'm just letting that one drop in a little bit. Is that this God of the universe and the Bible describes God as the creator of everything. Nothing created God. If, if you know your Bible, the very first part after the index is in the beginning God. Look at Genesis, the, the beginning of everything. And God, didn't, God wasn't created. God has always been. God always is and God always will be. Uh, Jesus spoke about himself in the same kind of way. He said, I am the same uh, today, t- yesterday and tomorrow. I am the same because Jesus is God. And we were looking last week about this tremendous passion that God has for you and for me to reveal himself, to show himself in two particular ways we looked at last week. We can look at two more this week because he wants to show you how holy he is. I don't know about you, but when I, before I gave my life to Jesus and, and I was hearing the word holy being used, I, in my head, I thought holy was another word for boring. Only if you know, have any idea what I'm talking about. I, I thought in my head that when, when people became holyized, you know, something happened to them. Oh, hello, what's happened? When something, la, 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 hello, Venus, can you hear me? When, when something happened to people and they kind of, they were talking about, you know, we have holy communion and we, we have holy this and we have holy that. And we have, suddenly in my head, I thought that the more holy you get, the more boring you get. That was my understanding at that time, because my understanding was looking at something that was God's nature, but looking at it from my own nature. And whenever we do that, we're never going to get the right answer. Uh, When people are saying about, you know, I was praying, I was praying for like hours. I was sitting there thinking, well, get alive. Get out more. How can you be praying? How can you just be talking? And I was looking at very supernatural things, if you like. I was looking at things that were very natural to God, but looking at them out of my own nature. When people were going into a church building, they seemed to look far more excited when they arrived than they were when they came out. Some of you are laughing because you were either those people or you know those people. (laughs) And then I suddenly thought, "What, what goes on in this building that makes people seem so unhappy? 
So I was looking at something that God was doing, but I was looking at it out the eyes of what I was doing. And what we're looking at last week is how, how God wants you and me to know his holiness, that he's set apart from all things, but he's set apart for all things. And the key, one of the, one of the pinnacles of what God is set apart for is so that you can know him personally. Which is cool. God could have any, everything, do everything. Could, God could do whatever God wants to do, but at the heart of what God wants to do is he wants you to know him. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, we're all sitting in this room, some of us are sitting in this room every week for months and months and months. And we know each other to a level that God, the Bible says, knows you inside out. He knows you, the Bible says, he knew you before you were even made. Which is pretty cool when you think about it. So we were looking at that last week. And even though God knows us, he still loves us perfectly. And we were looking at that last week as well. About, okay, this God that knows everything, and I know what I'm like, and you know what you're like, but very few other people know what you're like. Have you, have you found that out? Even sitting in this chair right now, you don't really know what's going on within the life of the person next to you. Some of it comes out. Maybe that's just me. But God knows you and me inside out. I mean, this is easier for me to, to know every day, but the Bible says he knows every hair there is on our head. I'm a haircut on Friday. and I have a, I have a mystery. It wasn't Friday, it was Saturday. I've got a mystery, right? My haircut costs as much now as it was when I was 30, but there's less to do. That just doesn't make sense to me. So the lady always offers to cut my eyebrows. I think she just does that to make me feel good. It's not like I've got hair like Emily. It probably takes a week just to dry it. Do you know what I mean? Mine, I just get it wet. And by the time I've left the bathroom, it's dry. But the point is, is that God knows every hair on our head. And it doesn't mean that he sits there with a fo fo follicle issue. Or am I said that wrong? Is that it shows God's intimate interest in you and in me. And this week, I just want to look at a couple of other aspects about how, how do you and I live a next step kind of life. So it's not like my experience of God today is all that it'll ever be, is, is not good thinking. However your experience of God is, maybe you don't really know God this morning. God knows you. Maybe you've never really experienced God at all. Well, God wants you to. Maybe you've never heard God speak into your life. God wants to speak into your life. Maybe you've never experienced what can feel like a physical touch of God. He wants you to know that. Because in the natural realm, when, when we want to show affection, we show it in different ways. And one of those ways is we want to reach out and touch them. Isn't it? I know some of us don't find that very easy to do, but God finds it really easy to do. And I believe this morning, with the help of God, God is going to reach out and touch our lives today. So there's the other two things I just want to look at. I'm going to put some bits of the Bible up on the screens. And I've been asked to repeat the, the, the scriptures twice because, because Steve's fingers are not as quick as they used to be. 
but then he is doing two jobs at the moment. So if you want to sign up to get trained in visuals and get trained in PA and technology, please help Steve out. All right, because actually he needs another pair of hands. Now, either something extremely odd is going to happen to him and he's just going to have two more hands ping out from somewhere of his body or God is going to speak to you and say, yeah, I'll come and help you. Because actually he's doing two people's jobs. Little plug there. Do you see what I did then? First scripture we're going to look at is from a book of Matthew. And this, this is part of the Bible in the New Testament that actually records literally what Jesus said himself. So for some of you um, that have got a Bible, maybe you've known God for a while, this might be highlighted in red. Do you know why it's highlighted in red? Because it should be red. Sorry. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. And this is a response that Jesus gave when he was asked a question by his followers called the disciples. How can we pray like you? How can we have a relationship with God like we see you have with God? And he replied this way. He said, this then is how you should pray or talk to God, if you like or have a relationship with God, if you like. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm just going to stop there because it might be, most of us know this bit of the Bible anyway. Uh, It's called the Lord's Prayer because the Lord said it. But part of what I want to try and get across is, is three things particularly. One, Jesus wasn't just giving a answer to a question. What Jesus was actually revealing is you can know God as Father like I know God as Father. In fact, wherever you've come from, whatever your parentage, whatever your economy is, whatever your home looks like, I'm giving this answer because God wants you to know him as Father like I know him as Father. Which is pretty amazing. Because there is something about when Jesus answered that wasn't just a little short prayer lesson. It was, God is saying through me at this time, I want to know you, not as a person, but as a son. As part of the family of God. And for most of us, that is a whole different kind of mentality, is that God wants you and I to belong to his family. How cool is that? He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We might have done Bible studies if we're in the way of the Spirit. We might have done all kinds of things on hallowed. But what does hallowed mean? It, what it means is, God, I want you to be first. I want you to be at the beginning. I want you to take the, the best place. I want you to take the highest place. I want you to take first place. But Jesus wasn't just giving his disciples a a prayer lesson. He was actually sharing how he lived. So Jesus wasn't just saying, if you give God first place, then it's better. He was saying, I give God first place. And if you do, something's going to happen. So what God wants to speak to us today about worship, because for me, prayer and worship have a similar root, if you want. And it's about a relationship. What is worship? It's praying with music. In fact, for you theologians, prayer was invented millennia before worship was invented. 
if you think worship's about music. But worship's about lifestyle. It's not about music. And we covered that a little bit last week. Worship is, I'm going to give God first place. I'm going to give him the best part of me. And this is what Jesus was saying. He said, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Be the first, be the prominent, be the dominant. Be in charge. Because when you are, your kingdom will come. Your will will be done. So worshipping as a lifestyle, maybe at a basic level, you, you just want to see more of God in your life. Then put him first. It may be that you just want to see more of God doing things through your life. Then put him first. We tend, I tend... Say something which is you're either going to agree with or you're not, because it's a bit like a Marmite statement, all right? Is most of us do what we want to do. And we all do what we're told. The question is, is who's telling us? <laughs> all right? But there's, they're, they're called axioms, A-X-I-O-M. They're just two principles, like the principle last week that you were made, I was made to worship God. We were made right from the beginning of God's plan to know him, to know his holiness and to know his love in the same way we were also created to know him as father and to know him as creator. Come on, this is cool. This is cool. Just, just flipping back a little bit earlier in the service, if I can, because I don't know what was happening with you. Um, we, we kind of had a bit of a moment where we were just, I don't know, just engaged with God and we were kind of singing about, you know, Jesus, you're worthy and you're worthy. And in a moment, my experience was, is I actually forgot I was singing. And maybe some of you want to forget I was singing too. I, I don't know. Depends how close you were. But I, I forgot I was singing. Because I was just so caught up with the worth of Jesus. I forgot that I was singing. I forgot I was in the room. And you might think I'm having an episode. I'm not having an episode, all right? Take this thought captive. I just got caught up with the value that God had put on that moment that I could sing that song. Do you understand what I mean by that? It's when I'm just singing, Jesus, you're worthy. I'm not singing to the screen. I'm not even singing to you. Suddenly, I was just very aware that the worthy one that I was singing about was in the room. Come on! And in that moment, God said this to me, and it may be true for you, it may not be. If it's not, then just leave it on the floor. If it is, then let's, help, let's see God help us. There will always be moments on our journey of next steps where God just wants to show up, but it doesn't mean you're going to see him. Because in that same moment where God really wants to show up, guess what else happens? Your brain will be saying, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? What's going to happen? Your head or my head, in that moment, was there, you can't do that. And it's almost like I was saying, like these guys saying, Jesus, 
teach me how to worship you right now. Because I don't know what to do. And he said, well, just do this. I still have a choice to do it or not do it. And in that moment, I just said, right, I'm just going to do that. And then, boom, I wasn't in the room anymore. This is making some sense to anybody. So I'm trying to help you because sometimes we don't take the next step with with God, not because it isn't there, it's because we don't want to go there. And all I want to just communicate with you today is God, Jesus, the Father, God, sent Jesus to create for you and me opportunities to know him and to create faith to know him with. Let's just read on in this this wonderful piece of scripture. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. What does that mean? It means you don't need to live out of yesterday's encounter with God. Why? Because God doesn't want you to live out of yesterday's encounter with God. It's not that God has a bread business. It's because God is so big, so huge. His love for you is so immense. His vision for you is so big. His desire for you is so deep. He doesn't want you to live on yesterday's nourishment. He wants to nourish you today. Whether you know God like that or not. If you don't know God, then somewhere is a whole load of the best bread you've ever tasted, still in its wrapper, still on the shelf. If you do know God, then you might have eaten most of yesterday's loaf and you think, I'll save that for a rainy day. Look out the window, my friend. Today it's raining sideways. (laughs) No, no, God wants to feed you today. He wants to reveal his Father's heart to you today. He wants to create in you and in me today. Where there is not a hope, he wants to create a hope. Where there is rejection, he wants to change that and create satisfaction. God is always wanting to create because he is a creator. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. We can't even forgive without God's help. We can say sorry. And we all have probably said sorry. But what this is talking about is God's forgiveness means he never remembers. Again, it's a little bit like looking at a church building, right? We're looking at something that God is doing, but without the mind of how God does it. When we look at forgiveness, we can say, well, it's just letting people off. No, it's not. It's letting myself free. Because as there's unforgiveness, it's a little bit like me saying to Rory, Rory, I'm going to catch myself a light and I hope you burn to death. I'm going to drink this poison, but I hope you suffer. Forgiveness does more harm to me than it does to him. Got that? Unforgiveness is a killer. So when God looks at you and me, he just says, just come to me. I love you. I think you're brilliant. Confess. Form the word in your mouth. Talk to me and I will forgive you and I'll forget it immediately. 
And we might think, well, you don't know the size of it. Then my answer is, then you don't know the size of God. <laughs> and this is what Jesus was saying. He's like, forgive these people. And then don't say, well, now you've got to change. Now God will change them. The first person in this dialogue that God wanted to change was the person hearing them. He wanted his disciples to say, you can have a whole worship lifestyle. Why? Because unforgiveness I found in my life can put the lid on my worship life. Can put the lid on my prayer life. That's why Jesus says, before you stand up and pray, before you get ready to pray, make sure you're right with people. Not because God's got a particular issue with that. I mean, he kind of has and he kind of hasn't. It's just that Jesus had no issue with anybody. Even the people that killed him. And he fooled them, didn't he? Three days, where's he gone? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I believe as we journey together in our relationship with this holy God, this loving God, this creator God who's a father, all of our bad days that we just seem to have day after day after day after day after day, God doesn't want you and I to have a whole load of bad days. What he wants to do is have good days. Not just, well, I remember the last time, but no, no, that yesterday was the last day that you remember being a good day. This morning was the last morning that you re- It's not just something that God wants us to remember from the past. But God has such a passion for you and for me. He's so creative that he can even make all things new. He can even make mercy new every morning. What's mercy? It means God stops us getting what we really deserve, which is a tough old time and no answer. But he makes mercy new every morning. He makes his faithfulness like new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning. This is, a, this is good, isn't it, Kai? Kai's getting this. So God, the creator, wants today to create hope in you. He wants to create confidence in you. He wants to create an opportunity for you to encounter God. Not just here, but from here in a fresh way. So Jesus came to create space for us to know God the same way he did. That we can connect with the creator God the same way Jesus did. In John 4, 21 to 24, that's John 4, for Steve's sake, hallelujah, 21 to 24, we find another bit of dialogue where Jesus is thirsty. How many of you get thirsty? Yeah, we, we, can, we can relate to this. But in this scenario, Jesus, who was seen by others in a certain way, uh, went to a person that was also seen by others in a certain way, but, and they never really should have had a conversation. Okay, And forget the first word of the line, because it it, it can seem a bit harsh. He said, woman! He didn't mean woman, who are you? He didn't mean woman in a derogatory way. He actually was identifying her as the person he wanted to talk to. And sometimes we can look at that, particularly with blokes, and think, oh, woman, that's how we talk to women. No, it isn't. He spoke to her in, in tremendous love, purity and righteousness. He said, woman... You Samaritans worship what you do not know. I think we sometimes can be like that. We worship what we do not know. The TV. I mentioned this last week. Football. The celebrity. 
ourselves. When we get to know God, it will change what we worship. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. It is. Jesus was Jewish, in case you've forgotten. Yet a time is coming, which is future tense, and has now come, which is present tense. So whatever our experience of worshipping has been, God wants to bring us up to the now has come day. Whatever our relationship with God has ever been, whether it's been good, bad, not at all, bit scrappy, all right some days, not on another, Jesus says, today it can be different. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers, those that just put Jesus first, but God first, where he fills their mind, he fills their time, that they're given the best part of who that person is, where they're worshipping wherever it is. And we're going to be unpacking a lot of this over these next Sundays. We'll worship the Father. They're not worshipping a Sunday. They're not worshipping a preacher. They're not worshipping a small group leader. They're not worshipping a song. They're not worshipping a celebrity. They're not worshipping themselves. It says they're worshipping the Father. To put these two bits of the Bible together, which we must do, don't just interpret scripture with the scripture, otherwise you end up with cults and schisms. Always interpret scripture with other scripture. All right? That's just a bit of a pastoral poke if we need it. But what God is, Jesus is saying here is he's saying, Far, hallowed be your name. God, I'm putting you first. I'm living with you first. I'm living out of this relationship like you want it to be with me. And when I'm doing that, man, I can worship you just like that. I can be in your presence just like that. I can be aware of you just like that. I can know you just like that. Whether I'm walking, whether I'm going up the mountain, whether I'm down in the valley, because God, that's how you wanted it to be. Ooh. Are you getting stirred? Loads of people came up to me last week and I said, I got really convicted by that. Good. Because I, I, it's not my job to convict. It's not my job to convince either. It's all my job is to do is just read the Bible. Which is what I'm doing. God convicts people. That's why I say good. Because it means something new is going to happen. And remember, we're all on a journey. Yeah, a time is coming when uh, true worshippers, which means there can be worshippers who are not true, but God wants us to be in the truth, which is why it says they're worshipping the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. This is amazing. This lifestyle that God wants us to have, he's also looking for us to have it. And what that speaks to me about is that God isn't detached. He hasn't written down a whole load of stuff and then sent it by email or Instagram or whatever it is that takes your fancy. Slate in a chisel, whatever you use, a bit of paper, write in a letter, telegram. But God's heart for you and for me is, this is really how you can worship me, be with me, live with me, talk to me, listen to me, commune with me, which is where the word communion comes from, common union. This is how I want it to be. And guess what? I'm looking for it. And if it's not quite working, let me come and help you. If it's not quite how it can be, let me come and help you. There is no other religion in the whole of this world that has that kind of doctrine in it. Their doctrine is, if you don't make it, you're out. 
every other one. Well, that's not the Father. That's not our Jesus. Jesus says, no, if it's, not, if it's not working how God wants it to be right now, let me help you make it work. Let me give you the core of worship. And I think there are two. And Jesus mentions it. One is truth. But there's only one truth. There's lots of truths, but there's only one truth. And that is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. But the only way that we're ever going to see that truth in the right way, rather than just look at it and think, flip me, I can't do that, or I'll never be like that. The only way that we're ever going to look at the, at the God bit and, and get the right result is when God helps us to do that. And what Jesus says is that's the Holy Spirit. So God set this vision, if you like, this, this, this offer. And this offer is get to know me as holy, get to know me as loving, get to know me as father, but I'm going to create opportunity for you to do that. And I'm going to create hunger for you to do that. And then I'm going to satisfy it. I'm going to create truth, if you like, so that we can get it, for you to get it. And I'm also going to send the Holy Spirit so that you can grab hold of it. And then two more scriptures, and then we're going we're gonna to pray. Both from the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament. And I believe, just as I was just thinking about this last couple of days, I think this also helps get, if we'll allow it, if we say, God, show me what this means. Rather than just read the words on the screen, just expect God to take the words off the screen and literally explain them to you. All right? Um, Jeremiah 29 Verse 11 to 14, Jeremiah 29, is, it's a great piece of the Bible. And then we're going to look at another bit of Jeremiah afterwards. This is God speaking to people. For I know the plans I have for you. Now, there's a message for a year just on that. For God knows the plans he has for you. You and I are sitting here. I know the plan I have for me. Whatever that might look like. <laughs> All right. So we have God. We have me. God is saying, I know the plan I have for you. And I might be hearing that thinking, well, I know the plan I have for me. We might not be the same. So God describes some of what his plan looks like. Plans to prosper you. That prosper is not a financial setting. It is a lifestyle setting. I want you to be fruitful in everything. I want you to prosper in your life and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. Why? Because calling and praying are not quite the same. We'll talk about that over the next few weeks. And I will listen to you. God wants to listen to us. How cool is that? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. I remember I shared this story probably a year ago. One of our grand grandsons called Cadell. He's, he's four now. But when he was, before he went to school and he was staying at our house and Janet was looking after him, he would say, Grandpa, can we play hide and seek? Yep. Who's going to count? You or me? But it was always him. Right, so I'd go off and hide and never find me. I had to say, hello, here I am. Um, when it was his turn, all right, he'd disappear. And before I got to 10, he would say, I'm here. 
Why? Because he wants to be found. <laughs> For him, the game is not getting lost. For him, the game is being found. And this is what this is saying. God wants to be found. What he's saying is, hello, here I am. <laughs> so I'm going to read on. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from every nation and place where I've banished you, declares the Lord. And I'll bring you. See, God's heart is to create community, to create opportunity, to create family, every tribe, every tongue. And he wants you to be part of that. And then another part of Jeremiah is in Jeremiah 33.3. And I was always told that this was God's phone line. All right, when I was doing training with Billy Graham years ago, he said, this is like God's telephone number. What do you mean? I, I don't even have a phone. Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me and I will answer you. It's God's, it's God's phone number. 33.3. Sees it, remember? All the threes. Catch, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. What does that mean? It means that we don't know it all. We don't know God in the way that God wants us to know him. We don't. We don't. None of us do. But then he says, if you call upon me, I'll show you something. If you come to me, I'll show you something. Let's all stand up, shall we? <coughs> Remember, we're in a flow of messages, right? And it, so f for us, usually, if we're here kind of most Sundays, and most of you are here most Sundays, God's going to say a lot more out of one Sunday than he might do out of another one. All right? Or for some Sundays, for you, he might not say anything, which I find highly unlikely, but, but it can happen. But keep going with it. Keep, keep going with it. Because when we were chatting about this at Leadership months ago, I said, well, how, how can you talk about God and worship in, in a Sunday? You can't. So all we can do is, is get, get the juices flowing a little bit. And today has been about God wants to create space and opportunity for you and I to know him more. And like I said, there's two primary ways that he does that. It's through the truth which is a person, his name is Jesus, his Bible, which is inspired by Jesus, written for Jesus, if you like, and also the Holy Spirit. So what is it that you can do or I can do? Well, two things normally. One, I can either agree with what the Bible says or I don't. Because God isn't going to make you or me agree with him. He's just going to love on us until we do. And like we did last week, is you just need to realise God thinks you're brilliant. He loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. He ascended for you. He sent the Holy Spirit for you. He wants you to know him. Yes. And he wants you to know him in his intimacy, in the knowledge of God, the Bible calls that. He wants you to know his glory, which is his nature, not his presence, or not just his presence, which is the funny feelings that sometimes we can have or not. He wants us to know his glory, his nature, which is an entirely different level. We, we, when we're in the presence of God, we can just become aware that God's around. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're in the, the glory of God, 
you know it's just you and God in the room. And that's how he wants you and I to live much more than we do right now. Much more than we do right now. So Father, I want to thank you for every single person here, every single person listening to this message afterwards. The Holy Spirit, you reveal to us right now a little bit more of the truth of God, who you are and who we are. I thank you for the creative power of your presence, creating faith, hope, healing being expressed in our body. I thank you that you are the creator of new organs, new blood vessels, new eyes, new fingers. I thank you that you're the creator of new joints. I thank you that you're the creator of new stem cells. I thank you that you're the creator of new brain chemical. I thank you that you are the creator of all things. And I thank you that you have not changed. I thank you that you can create strength where there isn't any. You can create joy where there isn't any. You can create peace where there isn't any. You can create a positivity where there maybe hasn't been any. I thank you that you are the creator of all things. And I thank you that you want to create in me, in us, a clean heart and the right spirit. And maybe that doesn't all happen today, but Lord, keep us hungry. I want to stay hungry. I want an undivided heart that I would know you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, you just touch every life, every household in these days that we would have different encounters with you, meetings with you, as we just kind of chat about you and pray and talk to you and read the Bible about you and just chat with you with others, that we would sense you right at the middle of that. Because you are right in the middle of that. Just sometimes we just don't get it. So I thank you for this moment. That if maybe we've, we've received the Holy Spirit, but we're just not trusting in him. Forgive us. Forgive us. Help us. Because we're, as we are here in these next few weeks, to be led by the Spirit is liberating. Actually, the Bible says to be controlled by. Lord, Lord I don't want to be in control of my life anymore because it doesn't work. Lord, I want you to be in control because it does. <laughs> so give me the grace to change and give me the time to change in. I thank you for each other here. Thank you for the time as we just kind of share some food, teas, coffees, Thank you for an amazing time at Impact on Wednesday where your presence is just going to come and lead us and speak through us. I thank you for a powerful breakthrough meeting next Saturday around at Sophie's house. It's just going to be full of faith and passion and, and power because we want this town to see your glory. Amen. That's what we want. That's what I want. And we give you the praise and we give you the honour. Come on, let's give him some praise, shall we? Thanks. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.